Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day, or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. This has been a weird week. It's a Friday. Why are we talking on a Friday? I'm not used to this. Well, as we know, Baxter, our schedules are both just crazy right now. True. So we've got to figure this whole schedule thing out, which maybe we do (laughs) off the air today and finally give an announcement to people. I hope so. That would certainly be nice. We've definitely talked uh, and teased a little bit about uh, upcoming announcements for the show, and we will definitely let you know as soon as we have something more official. Uh, we, We thought we had everything figured out and then all of a sudden we've got this whole new thing that got presented to us so we're like but what about the other thing and so we're just we're kind of all over the place right now and, but, it's, and, but it's a good problem to have though exactly and you know with the history of our show baxter it's always been hey we got some great news for you yeah. and then it seems <laughs> to get kicked down the road for three months so yeah. you know as we continue to learn about this media game that's just seems to be part and parcel for uh, for this type of medium. Exactly. We promise it's all it's all good news, though. It's exactly. Not, nothing is bad. We're not going away. Simon isn't quitting. I'm not having another baby. Well, that'd be good news, I guess. But either <laughs> either way, nothing bad is happening. We promise. So just stay tuned. We'll give you more information uh, as we learn. And one of the ways you can do that is too by go to our website uh, twoupfrontsoccer.com. Uh, I'd like to tell you you could listen to us every Tuesday and Thursday from 12 to 1 Central, but that's kind of up in the air right now. So uh, just stay tuned to our social media page. For, for when we're going to actually be on the air in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, best place you can go to right now is Facebook. Search for Two Up Front. Baxter does a good job of letting everyone know what's actually going on with our schedule. You can also check us out check us out on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. Of course, always use that number two, but do spell out soccer. Wait, what? I don't know. Anyways, no at idea. Two Up Front Soccer, we've got our own personal handles here at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. There you go. All right, Simon, a good show in store for all today. Two great guests joining us, two coaches. Uh, Matt Beard of the Boston Breakers will be making a return back to the program. We'll see him in our second segment. And then joining us in the fourth segment for the first time will be Orlando Pride head coach Tom Sermani, a former U.S. Women's National Team head coach. And uh, a, lot, a lot of questions to ask uh, Coach Sermani, I feel like, with the offseason and things moving forward for the Pride as a whole, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I know, uh, I know a lot of our listeners definitely want us to ask about the whole Alex Morgan situation, so we'll, we'll be doing that. And, of course, for Boston, we definitely got to talk to Matt about Rose Lavelle being drafted yeah. number one. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, for those of you who don't know, but I think most people do at this point, we are based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Rose 
went to college or are still going to college at uh, at Madison. So of course there's that that state connection, absolutely yeah, the, the big W. Which by the way, Baxter, not to go off on a total tangent. Sure. Don't know if you saw Marquette yes, men's basketball yes. beating number one Villanova. Unbelievable! The, the the storming of the courts, just the absolute craziness. You don't see a lot of you know court storming anymore, but uh, I thought that was really special. Yeah, they actually got fined five thousand dollars. I was wondering. I was like, I don't think you can do that anymore. And you saw like the coach like trying to hold people like stop, yeah, stop. Yeah, and they just like, yeah. like yeah. nope, don't even care. Like take the fine. You got to think in the end that you know five thousand. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mar. I know it's a soccer show, but I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, if the Marquette students actually did a fundraiser. To yeah, pay right. for that fine. Like, well worth it. You don't beat number one every day, that's for sure. Right. But uh, a big thing for sure, to say the least, for Marquette men's basketball. So congratulations to them. All right, Simon, uh, first and foremost, some big news happening in the NWSL. Another trade has taken place. Uh, our friends over at Backline Soccer are one of the first to report about it, but Diana Matheson of the Washington Spirit has been traded to who else but the Seattle Reign in exchange for a player and a draft pick as well. I didn't realize that the Washington Spirit was a developmental club for the Seattle Reign, Baxter. I, I feel like almost like like Washington has become like this farm team, basically. Like if you want to like compare like who has the best farm team, I think Washington hands down has produced the best talent for the <laughs> Seattle Reign. Basically, it's it's very strange, honestly. But uh, Ariel Ship and a third round draft pick in 2018 will go to the Washington Spirit uh, in exchange for Diana Matheson. Uh, it's interesting, too, to note that Tori Huster is the only remaining player on the original Washington Spirit squad from like when they first were conceived, basically. Well, Everybody else is gone. It's not, su- it's not surprising in that, of course, this entire offseason has been news about which players Washington is shipping out. Now, they did bring in Christy Mewis. They did, yes. Uh, you know, but, but really, uh, you know... We've had her on the show. Yeah, great person, of course, decent player. Um, you know, not at the level of she's not her an sister elite Sam, player, but but that's all right. Um, but it is interesting that Jim Gabara had talked about this big plan that he had, um, and we haven't seen really much of anything come to fruition. So it really is still mind-boggling what's going on over at the Washington Spirit. I really, and you've been very vocal about this multiple times, saying that I truly, you know, you're saying that you truly believe that there has to be something internal with either the coaching staff or the ownership or the players, that somebody's not happy and all these big players, or just players in a ho- as a whole, are leaving, whether they're big players or little players. People just apparently don't want to be on the Spirit anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mystery. Um, you know, there have been rumors about players actually being unhappy with the ownership, and especially yeah. with the whole national anthem that was a big saga thing. that happened happened and that many players just don't want to be there for that anymore um so so it's interesting i don't know maybe we can get jim back on the show we've had we him need on to i feel like before so yeah it'd be, it'd be nice to hear from him yeah absolutely we'll, we'll definitely have to uh, work our contacts there and see if we can get coach Gabara on to, uh, to help solve this issue honestly but uh congratulations i guess to the seattle rain uh, they got christine Naren already from the spirit now they've got diana matheson if you're not picking Seattle as one of your top four playoff teams next year, I think you're going to be mistaken, honestly. Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Baxter. So definitely keep an eye on what the Seattle Reign are doing. Uh, another big thing, too, just in general for the NWSL, uh, great to hear. We hear about players getting named to the women's national team all the time for the U.S. Uh, this time we get to hear two uh, Mexican national team players as well. People forget sometimes that Mexico also has federation players uh, involved in NWSL. So Houston Dash goalkeeper Bianca Henninger and uh, Seattle Reign forward Katie Johnson will join Mexico ahead of their friendly against Canada on February 4th. So congratulations to both of those ladies as well. Yeah, absolutely. And on the other side, uh, the NWSL did announce the uh, players allocated basically yeah. from the Canadian 
Soccer Association. Uh, I don't know if you have the list there in front of you, Baxter. I'm working on it, yes. The subsidized list, basically, I guess is what it's called. Right, right. My, I've got my, I'm, I'm borrowing an iPad today, and it's really slow. Let me see so. here. Trying to get it here. But, uh, yeah, I, I know that um, there's uh, some new players on the list here as my screen continues to load. Here we go. Yeah, it's, and it's, it is 10 players, so it's good to see. It, it's, it's amazing to me how Canada and Mexico support this league. That is really a U.S. league, but, yeah. but I think it's very smart for all three of these countries to be involved because ultimately this helps all three countries yeah, with their development. You're absolutely right about that. So the 10 players that are going to be subsidized are the Boston Breakers have one in uh, Alicia Chapman. Chicago has nobody. Houston Dash have uh, Yanni Becky and Nichelle Prince. FC Casey has Desiree Scott. Uh, the Courage have Sabrina D'Angelo. The Pride have nobody which some people that follow Caitlin Kyle know that's a little surprising, and we can talk about that at another point or get more information about that further. Portland Thorns, uh, Christine Sinclair, The Rain, Diana Matheson, Sky Blue, Caitlin Sheridan, and then The Spirit have Stephanie LeBay and uh, Shalina Zadorsky as their players. So uh, Nichelle Prince is and Caitlin uh, Sheridan are the new players uh, subsidized for 2017. So congratulations to them. And uh, last bit of NWSL news, Baxter. Um, you know, we we also keep a pulse on the W League because so many NWSL players are playing over there. Uh, Chicago Red Stars player Aaron, uh, I apologize. We haven't talked to her. I don't know how to exactly pronounce her last name. So, Aaron, please forgive me. But uh, Gilliland or Gilliland? It's Gilliland. Yes. Uh, thank you, Baxter. That's who I thought. No, it's all good. That's who I thought. Preparation on no, my part. No, no, no worries. <laughs> That's who I thought. But I'm like, it might be a different Aaron. I don't know. Well, the good news is, so we get past all that the great news is actually she scored a hat trick wow. for the jets over the weekend so congratulations to aaron down at uh well down in australia exactly. now but down in chicago new york jets fans are like wait we did something like no jets no the other people the winnipeg jets are confused no she didn't score a hat trick in hockey guys calm down but yes the the, the w league so congratulations to aaron gilliland uh, to say the least simon do we have time to talk about the men's national team game i know we have coach beard coming up here shortly it's up to you if not we can talk about it later you know what? Uh, why don't we go to a break, Baxter, and, and we'll squeeze it in maybe between... Oh, maybe we'll close out the show with a little preview. Oh, How about men's that? men's national team game. Who do they play again? They play Serbia. Serbia in San Diego, Ooh. which is a hot topic right now. Or is it San Jose? Oh, my goodness. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Two mistakes here in the ah! first we'll segment. See, we'll see if Simon can gather himself while we go to a break. But when we come back, we will have head coach of the Boston Breakers, Matt Beard. Stay tuned. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Back right after this.
Back inside the Attention Era Media Studios here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. Our show is pretty simple as ABC123, wouldn't you say? Usually, well, you know, when I've done my research <laughs> properly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Same here for me as well, too. I, I'm guilty of that. Uh, a lot of crazy things happening in my in my work life. You just went back to school. How did you survive the first week of school? Survived the, the first way? week, I but it's ask, been yeah. crazy. I started I started directing a show on Sunday night, along with obviously teaching, but then I had a voiceover Monday morning. I had a commercial shoot in Chicago last Good night. Good Lord. Uh, and now here we are, Baxter. When do you, so. when do you, when do you sleep or see your, your lovely family? Uh, well, I... I Right now, unfortunately, I don't get to see my family very much, oh. and my sleep consists of lots of caffeine. It's sometimes the best way to, to do it, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, let's head over to uh, the Boston Breakers, uh, a very busy NWSL draft, an offseason as a whole, too, for the Boston Breakers. And uh, we heard uh, at the end of the season uh, from their head coach, Matt Beard, and now we have an opportunity to welcome back to the program. So welcome back to the show, Coach. How are we doing today, sir? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thanks. Thanks good. for having me back on. Absolutely, Coach. Well, first of all, uh, great to, to have you back. Uh, how, how are things going this off-season? You, you doing anything fun with the family at all? Doing any traveling? Seeing any sights at all? Um, pretty, well, we, 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 my son's started school now, so um, we haven't done much traveling, but we've, um, as a club, we've been working hard in the off-season, obviously recruiting and planning for the draft, but um, I've had the opportunity to do one or two things with the family, so um, it's... it's, it's balanced it out quite nicely so which is good you gotta you gotta balance that work and pleasure at the same time there too you can't you know go crazy over over all the the work things all the time right got to spend time with the family of course of course yeah well matt uh, i want to kick this off um you guys had a great first pick Rose Lavelle, who we, we teased our listeners that you know you'd probably be talking about because, of course, we're based in Wisconsin. She went to University of Wisconsin. Just curious what you see in Rose and uh, what you're hoping to use her for um, this season. Yeah, obviously, Rose is a very talented player. Um, it was good that she got the opportunity to go into the the national team camp as well, which would give her a great insight into, obviously, the, the pro level from the college game. Um, I just like the way that she could that she could beat a player. Um, I don't really think we had that in midfield last season. We, you know, we had players that could sit in front and, and, and do a job. But I think Rose can, you know, definitely beat a player and, and, and the whole pitch open up. Um, also, she can score goals and create goals, and that's again, I think if if we're going to have a successful season this year, that that we need. You know, goals not just from you know the front players. We need we need goals from from midfield as well. So from from that perspective, um, obviously watching her games and watching you know she's a talented player. Um, you know, th- those were the things really that sold it to me. Talking with Coach Matt Beard of the Boston Breakers on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Coach, uh, before we before the draft happened, we had you on the show, of course, and you were pretty critical of the, the college game for, for women's soccer as a whole, and, I mean, men's soccer as well, too, certainly has its ups and downs. Uh, obviously, you had a lot of picks with the Boston Breakers in the NWSL draft, and you took a lot of very talented players. Uh, from from what you've seen, is your is your perspective changed about that a little bit, at least with getting players like Rose Lavelle on your team, or are you still feeling that the women's game has a little bit more work at the college level to do. Um, I don't think I was overly sort of critical. I think um, learning how it works here, obviously the rolling on and rolling off subs, etc. Um, I think more than anything, it was um, you know the amount of games that they play in quick succession, um, and, and I think that affects the quality of the product on the pitch. It's difficult, obviously, to 
you know, to gauge a player's quality off the back of that. But from, um, you know, the, 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 the semi-finals and the finals were, were, were good games and very competitive. But there's plenty of talented players, you know, coming out of of the draft this year, um, which I, I believe will make an impact in in the NWSL over the course of the season. And, you know, part of my plan and our club's plan with regards to this off-season was to make sure that we could get some real good young talent coming into the group that we've already recruited. Um, one, that will create good intensity in training. Two, we know that we've got some good young players that we can work with and mould how we want them to be. Um, but most importantly for me was to create competition for places. And, you know, we uh, we worked hard to get the first four, first, uh, four uh, picks in the first round. And from that perspective, we was pleased. So... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything. Um, there's good players in the draft and, um, as I said, I think they're going to make an impact in the league and hopefully, you know, not just the ones that we've we've brought in, that there'll be others as well, um, you know, for, for other clubs. Matt, continuing on with this uh, this topic of the draft, you seem to go very offensively heavy. I mean, you you go down the list of names. Obviously, we talked about Rose Lavelle, Morgan Andrews, Margaret Purse. Uh, you keep going down the list. It's <laughs> number of goals scored over their career just is astounding uh, as far as what they did in college. Is that the main focus this offseason? Is, is building your offense? Do you feel strong enough about defensively where Boston's at? Yeah, well, we signed three defenders already, you know, Mega Neister, Amanda Frisby, Alicia Chapman. So, you know, we've already got seven seven defenders within within our roster. You know, we've also got Kylie Strom, Kristen Westfell, Brooke Elby and Julie King. So from that perspective, we've got players that have got experience in the NWSL. Um, so last year was an issue was, was scoring goals. Last year was an issue if we needed someone to come off the bench and create things and and, and impact the game. We didn't really have that at the top end of the pitch. So from that perspective, we've also got Emily Harvey that we're going to lose to the Euros for, for for a certain part of the season. So if you look at all the players that we've we've, we've recruited, um, you know it's it's been really important that we we have that competition for places in the front front positions. And you know if people aren't scoring, you know last year, especially the first part of the season, we was creating a lot of chances but not not converting them. And, you know, I just want to be able to have the flexibility, if that happens again, that we can make the changes and, um, you know, to impact the games. But it's, it's, it's something that was that we've always discussed and we wanted to make sure that we had um, plenty of options up front and, and that can impact games and, and not just from coming off the bench but starting. And I think, you know, I'm pleased with, with, with who, who we've brought in for that. Well, speaking of speaking of players leaving as well, of course, it was recently announced that Kaya Simon will not be returning. And I'm curious if you can give us any more insight on that. Yeah, Kaya's just played. She's played nonstop now for two years. And even when she come back from the Olympics, back end of our season, she was, you know, she was picking up little niggles, uh, groins, hamstrings. Um, she's gone, obviously, to Sydney. And she's had, had a similar experience. Um, she also needs... Um, an operation on her shoulder and with no major tournament next year and playing right the way through for two years of NWSL, World Cup, Olympics and, and the Australian League. She just feels that she needs that, that little rest and recovery and um, we have to respect that. You know, she's been a great servant to our club and you know, uh, we obviously retain her rights and hopefully in the future she comes back. 
And definitely looking at the, the players that you've added this offseason as well, too, Coach, it looks like you're still in a fairly good position regardless if Kaya Simon you know, does come back or not, too. So I think you can at least take a little bit of uh, happiness away from that. Um, looking ahead to this season as a whole, I know you haven't gotten a chance to get into preseason yet with the ladies yet to, to start working on them, but I'd like to feel, at least on my side, looking in that this team is going to be much better than what you produced last season. That's nothing against what you did last season, but even you, you said last <laughs> time too that you're like, well, it just wasn't a good year, obviously. But do you do you yeah. have do you have the sense with the players that you've gotten the age old question if everybody stays healthy that this team is going to actually be potentially one of the top five or six teams in the league? Yeah, listen. Obviously, we want to finish as high as we can. That's our ambition. Um, I just think from my perspective, I've had the opportunity to get to grips with the league. Obviously, look at the players, look at how the game's played here. Um, you know, and I think I said it in, in the last time I was on the show, you know, I was planning for this year, you know, from game six and seven last season. So, um, look, it's going to be a Matt Beard team this year. Um, you know, I don't think my players were the best of me last year either. Um, obviously, it's difficult leaving one country, coming to another. Um but and I'm excited by it. I think we've recruited well. I think we've brought in some talented players. I think we've brought in some fantastic people as well. And that was something that was really important to me, you know, that we have good people, good players. Um, so so we can we can have that togetherness from day one and, and hopefully, you know, have a successful season. But, you know, the message I'll be sending out to the players from day one is that we're just going to take it day by day. I'm not looking towards the back end of the season. I just want to focus on the first training session and then the second training session and, and the first game and, and just go from there and, you know, and hopefully it takes us, you know, where we need to go. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one too. I think we asked you this last time as well, but I'm gonna, I'm curious because it's been a couple of months. Have you heard any more information about Whitney Engen at all joining the team for the last time I've heard she hadn't fully made a commitment yet. Have you had conversations with her in the last couple of weeks at all? Yeah, yeah, we've spoke, we've spoke plenty. I mean, it's still not 100% decided, but, um, I think she may be taking sort of a year out of, of soccer. Um, but, you know, that's that's the way the conversations have gone. Um, you know, again, Whitney's someone that I respect enormously. And um, from, from that perspective, if, if you look at who we've recruited and even with the Kaya Simon situation, we've always been planning without Kaya, without Whitney. Um, if she decides to come back and play, then that's fantastic. If she doesn't, then you know we've already we've already planned for that. So, then talks are still ongoing. Um, but I, I think she'll probably be looking to take a, a year out of soccer. She won't be, you know, she won't be retiring. But I just think she just wants to to, to maybe concentrate on, you know, her life and her, her future plans um, because she has dedicated her life to the U.S. national team and, um, you know, and and I think maybe for her, it, it might be might be good for her to take that year away just to, to refocus on what she wants whether that's soccer or whether that's you know what she wants to do with her life in, in the future well matt we certainly want to thank you for being on today's show we will definitely check in with you during the season but uh, thanks again for returning to two up front it's always a pleasure talking to you cool thank you absolutely there goes coach matt beard on the shopfutsal.com call in line we're going to take a break when we come back uh, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about what's going on in mls right now and try to sort out a lot of these transfers and figure what the heck atlanta and minnesota and everybody's doing right now so stay tuned mls is back Woo! get excited we'll be back with more as well on two up front presented by three lines pub after this
to Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Moving along with the program, great conversation there in our last segment with Boston Breakers head coach Matt Beard. Good to hear his insights uh, post-NWSL draft about uh, the college game, the players that the Breakers took. And I was just looking at the roster, too, just during the break as well. They've added six players so far. Um, through free agency and through trades and all that fun stuff. And there's some good names. This this team is going to do well next season, especially on the defensive side, too. Well, it certainly looks like it. Of course, there is the thing of all the players having to gel together, of you course. Know, especially with all these new draft picks coming in. Uh, but look, I, I think Matt said it best. Why... why Go after defensive players in the draft when you're well stocked already the way it is with some good players and exactly you know the firepower that they need up front I mean they were one of the lowest scoring teams in the league last year so smart smart picks I think for the Boston Breakers we'll certainly see how they uh, how they end up this season one hundred percent WSL yeah I completely agree with you on that one yeah I, I'm really curious to see how they do I mean the rain obviously were very close last year now that they've got two key pieces in Christine Nairn like we mentioned and Diana Matheson this is going to be an interesting NWSL season absolutely and I definitely believe that the Spirit will not be one of those teams that uh, make the playoffs next year based off of all the players that they've lost, unfortunately. They might be the Boston of 2017. We'll find out. All right, MLS, it's back, Simon. Did you know that? I, I MLS did. Is back. I did know that, It's Baxter. so exciting. I uh, I was a little surprised, I guess, because I was like, well, it's it's January, but I'm like, I guess preseason, I guess, has got to be run because MLS kicks off in early March. That sure does. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. March, the first weekend of March or something like that. Yeah, I think so you got the Whitecaps out in Wales. You got mostly all the other teams out in Arizona or you know somewhere somewhere where it's warm. Yeah, someplace. Yeah, Arizona, Florida, down in Bradenton. I know at the IMG Academy, a very popular place uh, for MLS preseason. Where my brother well. Jake coaches, by the way. Shameless Just had to play. throw that in there. Woo! <laughs> so uh, we need to talk about Kevin Molino because M- uh, Minnesota yes, United spent, how much was it? $650,000. So $450,000 of general allocation money hmm. and $200,000 of targeted allocation money. This is for Kevin Molino, which um, a lot of folks are calling a pricey trade, and I would absolutely agree with that, honestly, because I... I have. I mean, he had moments last year. He did. He was on my MLS fantasy team. He had moments, but I've not seen a lot of consistency out of Kevin Molino since he's been in the league. And I think they frankly overpaid for him. Well, I think one of the things you got to look at is that they also did get a goalkeeper. Granted, it was a McLean or something like that. You know, no name goalkeeper. Sure. Or, uh, anyways, um, Molino and Adrian Heath have been together since 2011. Yeah. And Heath really believes he's got the players around Molino to uh, to make him even better than he is. He's an exciting young player. Of course. And yeah. I, I think getting him in Minnesota is a is a good move. You know, whether it was too much money or not, for me, Baxter, I'm actually not going to come out and say that was that was way too much. I I think he definitely has the potential to be to be a a big move. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has the potential to be a player that Minnesota could at some point transfer and and make money off of that. Now, of course, Orlando's going to get some of that transfer money yes. if that happens. But, you know, Molino's right now, he's not playing with Trinidad and Tobago because he, he needs a break from that. Yep. If you haven't seen that whole saga, read up on that. It's it's pretty crazy with the, the new head coach down in Trinidad and Tobago. He's basically being like the... Uh, uh, the chancellor from Star Wars, who's just like, you're not you're not going to be in this team. You're not going to be in this team. Oh, you you you're at, you're drunk. Oh wait, you're not drunk. But but I still don't want you here. <laughs> so a lot of these what players, Star Wars movie was this? I don't I don't know if I well saw they, I guess that they one. didn't have it. Well, you know they had the cantina scene and all that. <laughs> Don't don't get me going too much, Baxter. You know I'm a Star Wars geek, so. <laughs> but just the whole idea that this coach comes in, everybody's saying, "Okay, good, we're going to turn things yeah. around," and all of a sudden he just 
you know, blowing everything up. Get out. It's insane. Anyways, my main point here with Molino is just I think he has the potential to live up to the money that Minnesota spent. We'll Fair see. enough. Yeah, he's uh, he was Orlando's first uh, official signing when the team was announced as an expansion team. He l- ranks as city's all-time goal scorer with 41 goals and 31 assists, also an all-time leader. Uh, that was dating back to the franchise's 2011 USL debut. Uh, he had 11 goals, 8 assists, and 30 games for Orlando last season. And word is he actually asked to uh, to be let go of down in Orlando because he wanted to come to Minnesota. Interesting. It is interesting because you would think that would give Minnesota more leverage so that yeah. they wouldn't have to spend as much money. But Orlando was probably like, well, well I mean, if you, if you want to go, I guess. But, uh, hey, Adrian, do you want you want this money? Or do you want this player? We'll be happy to let him go for a cool $650,000. <laughs> nice and easy, really. So, you know, now Orlando's got to be smart and actually use that money. Yeah, that's the real big part about it is Orlando. I mean, what are they going to do now under Jason Christ? Because they certainly have a lot to uh, to consider going forward. Absolutely, and it's his first full year with the club. So, so now we see... Can he be successful with exactly. this club? We knew he did it with RSL, but now it's a different setup. Yeah, and 100%. and you know you look at the top of the organization too, and how crazy the turmoil's been up there. Uh, what you got to believe does affect what's going on in the yes. you know lower parts of the club. I would agree with that. FC Dallas added some more firepower, Simon. I don't know if you saw this one. Paraguayan forward Christian Coleman. Yes. Uh, FC Dallas is going for it. I think that they realized how close they were in 2016, and now they're just really mad. I think they're mad, and part of it is is they v- were very young, and perhaps they needed just a little bit more experience, and, and uh, they go after the man. The word is that this is who they wanted in the offseason. They finally got the deal done. Yeah, they paid $2 million for, for Coleman. Uh, they beat out clubs like Club Lyon, uh, Lanis, Sao Paulo, and many others as well, too. But uh, he's 22 years old, the Paraguayan, uh, just pending a uh, receipt of his P1 visa, an international transfer for t- certificate. But uh, 11 goals and 31 appearances and 17 starts for Nacional last season. He's six foot, 174 pounds. He's going to match up well with Maxi Rudy as well up top, plus all the other creative players that got Javier Morales as well too this offseason. This is going to be a fun FC Dallas season, honestly. I, I don't know if this team finishes below third place in the West Down. I think you can, uh, I think you, you do have to pick them as one of the early favorites to win MLS Cup. You'd like to think so. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you. Mauro Diaz will be back as well, too, which we know what he's capable of doing. Kellen Acosta just absolutely continues to blossom into just absolutely. A, a great player. Michael, or Michael Barrios as well. I mean, you can go on and on with the people on this team, Tesha Wackendelli. Yeah, you can go on and on with the players that FC Dallas has on their roster. We didn't even talk about the defense yet either. They've just, they're just a great team overall, honestly. Jesse Gonzalez, and then you look at Walker Zimmerman, Ryan Hollinghead, Matt Hedges, Atiba Harris, yada, yada, yada. I just, right. You go on and yeah, on and on. It's stacked. Yeah. This is They've th- done things right down in Dallas. They have. They absolutely have. And it makes me happy to look next to all of these players that have the HG next to them, the homegrown, homegrown. players. Absolutely. Nine homegrown players on that. this team as consistent starters. That's un- that's unbelievable. That's yeah. That's what that's where the future of US soccer should lie, is right there. Yes, I completely agree with you on that one. We've talked about, you know, FC Dallas likely having the best academy in MLS before and I would still continue to stand next to that. Revolution aren't doing this, I can guarantee you that. Right. I mean the players that we signed for Mar- that are homegrown contracts, I'm like, who are you? Could you even make it on FC Dallas's homegrown? That's like kind of how I compare everything. Sure, I'm like, sure. could you even be in the FC Dallas Academy? Uh, I hope they could, but I, I doubt it at this point, honestly. Well, on the flip side of that, uh, not homegrown player, John 
uh, Eldaj from Sweden, actually going back oh. to Minnesota United, is, is a goalkeeper that Minnesota United have signed. They have him till at least July 15th, Baxter. Um, listen, I think it's actually a decent pickup for Minnesota United. He's played a few games with the Swedish national team. He's 34, so as a goalkeeper, that's actually still a, a decent age to be at. Uh, if If Minnesota likes what they get from him, then they have an option to extend that loan for 18 months. So, decent move by Minnesota United. I would agree with you on that one. Toronto FC got some good news. They found out that veteran midfielder Benoit Chiroux uh, has signed a new contract, or is very close to signing the new contract, so he'll be back in time for TFC's uh, run again at, a, at, a, at an MLS Cup. And Toronto FC is going to be one of those teams, too, and I know as we get closer to the season, we'll work on our predictions and conferences and all that jazz as well, too, but TFC really hasn't lost a lot of players this offseason, which I think speaks well for them going to this new season absolutely and uh speaking of players moving he's apparently not moving but sebastian javinko has been offered a contract from the chinese super league yeah we'll Uh, pay you 20 trillion dollars you know just last month seba had said i am staying here this this is my home i don't and he even he even said he doesn't he doesn't care what happens with the italian national team because at this point his loyalty is with toronto fc he loves he loves the city he loves the club you know, it's, that's the kind of loyalty that's cool to see in MLS. I would agree with you on that one. I mean, there's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with the Italian national team. But anyway, sorry. I just anyway, okay. Scared sorry, me there a little bit. Scared you there for a minute. I mean, the Italian <laughs> national team is wonderful. That's your heritage it and all is. that. I get it. I get it. But speaking of disloyalty, I will use that word. Go ahead. Uh, MLS All-Star Game going to Chicago, Baxter. Now, great. That's, that's exciting. That, that, is a, that is a... Uh, we can actually you know, go We've got diving. the Chicago fire, so that's not the disloyal part. The, True. the part that bugs me is that it's going to be played at Soldier Field. What? Why? That doesn't make sense. Why not have it at... Bridgeview Stadium or whatever it's called now, Toyota Park or Toyota Stadium. I'm not sure. I always get that mixed up with with FC Dallas's park. Toyota something. But nevertheless, you know, the fire struggled to get people out there anyways the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a beautiful stadium. And and it's kind of like the league saying to Chicago, yeah, you know what? We did screw up where we had that stadium built. And think about so how let's, let's put it at Soldier Field for the All Star Game. Think how important the the All Star Game is for national exposure, not only for European teams that come over. So say whoever, say Chelsea comes over as the as the the opponent this year as well. You've got all those Premier League Chelsea fans that really don't care about MLS but live in America. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, Chelsea's coming. Wait, why are they playing? Why are they playing in an American football stadium? Should, don't doesn't Chicago have a, a soccer stadium? Like. I mean, think about the All-Star game will be full if you go to Bridgeview. And I know it, they probably want to make more money. I'm sure it comes down to a money sure, thing, and it's, among you, other things. You know, I won't be surprised, Baxter, if we hear in a few days that it is a club like Manchester United coming over. And like, or maybe it is a Barcelona, it. a Real Madrid. Yeah. Which would be fantastic. I agree. I, f- I find it interesting that we haven't seen um, Michigan's The Big House used as a host stadium for the All-Star game yet because they had, I mean, I know it was Real Madrid and United, and they put on over 110,000 people right, in that stadium. Right. I get that. But still, there's obviously a big soccer population in that area, too, that would go watch a massive game, especially if you get a Real Madrid, a Barcelona, or a bigger team well, like that in. I mean, here's the thing for me is that it, it, if you're going to put it in a neutral city, fine. But if you're going to put it in an MLS city, then play the game yeah. at the dang stadium that I the agree. team plays at. I don't know off the top of my head how big um, Toyota Park is, but it's I mean, about. I, my guess is it's about you know around that twenty twenty one thousand. If you would literally get that and, and more there, I mean that stadium would be rocking. Well, look at and it's a close 
uh, you know proximity to the field too. I'm right. sure most soccer stadiums are too. But that would be an exciting environment to be in. Here's the thing that concerns me, Baxter, is that what happens if you only get twenty thousand in Soldier Field? Soldier Field can house, I think, at least sixty thousand right. people. Because here's the thing. Now listen, it's a great right, stadium for soccer. I've, I've seen plenty of games there. It's a, it's it was yeah, built with saw, soccer. Man, we saw that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but listen, down in San Jose, yeah, they said it was a sold out, a sellout. But I'm telling you, Baxter, when I was out there last year for that All Star game against Arsenal, yeah, it was not a sellout. You sent me pictures too, and you're like, and there's open spots, and there's open yeah. spots. I was like, oh, I was so like, it's okay. I, I don't know. There's there's got to be. Hopefully, there's something big. Like I said, it it if you're gonna fill. Soldier yeah. Field, you need to have a, a team like Real Madrid, a team like Barcelona. Yeah. Um, Tottenham's not going to sell out. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know? Manchester United, no. I don't know if they would sell out at this point. I, I don't think so, honestly, at this point. So, all right, we got to go to a break, Simon. But when we come back, we'll have uh, Orlando Pride head coach Tom Sermani joining us on the line. So stay tuned. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to the Attention Area Media Studios here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. We've had a great show so far today, haven't we? I, I feel like we have. I Absolutely. enjoy this. I, I'm, I, I'm sad that we've only done this once this week. Usually we're at least on twice a week, but uh, schedules, life, etc., commitments, work. All those things. All those stuff, sometimes. yes, yes. All the things that are not important when it comes to the soccer world, honestly. But, but but we make that all up with having two great head coaches from the NWSL on today. Absolutely, Simon. Do you want to do the, uh, the, the pleasure of introducing our next guest, sir? Sure, I will, I will do that, Baxter. So, uh, it's great to have him on the show. I don't know if it completes having all the head coaches from the NWSL we're, on. I yeah? think we're one or two one, away from oh, bingo. Right. But, but it's, it's great to have, have, have this man debut on the show, former coach of the U.S. Women's National Team and now head coach of... Orlando Pride, Tom Sermani. Tom, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great to be on the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Tom. We're excited to have you on the program, sir. Uh, how are things going this off season? I know it's been a little busy the last couple of weeks here with uh, with the draft, of course, taking place. But uh, how are things going for you as you, you gear up for another exciting NWSL year? Definitely. Um, and, and things have been going uh, well for us over the last couple of weeks. The first uh, couple of months of the, the off-season were... A little bit kind of frustrating when we tried to get some things done and we, we couldn't seem to get anything in place. But uh, we've had a a veritable flurry of activity in the last couple of weeks, and um, and I think uh, that's helped us look a lot more solid for this year. 
So, Tom, I got to ask. I want to. I want to jump right into it. Uh, Alex Morgan, you're not going to have her for the first yep. half of the season. So, as a head coach, how do you how do you plan out? Because obviously, I'm assuming when she comes back, she's she will be starting. Um, it, maybe that's not the case. But how do you plan out a season when, for the first half of the season, you're not going to have one of your star players, and you know she'll be returning in the second half? No, I mean you just plan it. You know the same way as you would do it. If, if somebody like Alex or any other player picked up an injury and you know you you wouldn't have them for the first two or three months of the of the season yeah, and just uh, you know get on with it with the rest of the squad and you know the the and it's the stuff that you you need to deal with a coach you know every year. I mean Houston had it last year with uh, with Carly Lloyd who got injured in in her second game of the season against us and and was out for for virtually all of the season. So you just have to. To go on with it, and then uh, you know, an opportunity for somebody else, and that's how I would. That's just basically how we would look at it. Absolutely. And uh, with that, have you have you been in touch with Alex? Yeah, yeah. I um, touched base with her last week. Touched base with her, obviously, uh, just before she went to France, and not long after she's there, uh, she got there. Um, so, and I touched base with her when she was in the national camp uh, uh, last week. So, uh, and she's she's going well. She's settled in. She's settled in. She's she's got um, you know her own apartment now and and things like that. So she seems to have uh, taken to the the move very well at this stage. And and you know hopefully that will be a, a positive thing for her on and off the field. Last season, coach, uh, you finished second to last in the NWSL standings, six thirteen and one overall on the season. Uh, you, you had you know, your goal. You had twenty goals for and thirty goals against. So not not exactly the the most stellar season on paper, but you certainly had a lot of big things happen. Of course, I mean, of course, with Alex Morgan doing really well and other players as well stepping up. But what, what were your thoughts when when everything finally settled down and you said, okay, I, I, this season was was what in your mind? Obviously, a learning experience. I feel like to an extent, but but how did you view it, um, especially with your struggles of only winning one game on the road as well? Um, a, a couple of things. I, I think it was, a, I would call it a mixed season. Um, uh, the, the thing that, that really hit us hard and harder than, well, well, harder than I generally anticipated was when we lost our players to, to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, just prior to, to the players leaving at the end of June, we were actually in the top four. So... We were, we were actually actually started the first half of the season for a new team. I thought very very well, and um, we were competitive in, in every game, and, and obviously had a, a decent winning record. I think what what we saw in the second half was the fact that you know as a new team, you, you don't have the opportunity to build up the same depth in your squad and outside of your squad than um, some of the more established teams have been able to do. So although you know, a couple of other teams lost similar numbers to the to the Olympics. It didn't impact them, I think, in the same way as it impacted us. Um, and that was just the reality. So if you look at the, the results in the season, that that's what basically happened. So, you know, we're confident that, you know, we can get the uh, a good starting team on the field and continue to strengthen the, the squad as a whole that will be much more competitive this year. Yeah, I, and I would agree with you on that one, too. Of course, one of the bright spots on your team last season was, was Kristen Edmonds. We've had her on the program before, and then she just added, uh, you know, going to the U.S. Women's National Team camp in the last couple of months as well, too, to her resume, which is exciting. I mean, six goals, two assists from a very young player. Uh, what were your thoughts about uh, about Kristen as a whole, and what can she bring to the team in 2017? 
Well, she had, you know, she had an outstanding season. So, I mean, hopefully, uh, again, <laughs> she'll she'll now be a little bit more teams will be a bit more wary of her. So life will be a little bit more difficult for her. But hopefully, she can bring the same the same energy and performances that she did last year. I mean, the, the great thing about Kristen Edmonds is she's a fantastic all round player. Um, she's a player that, apart from centre back, goalkeeper, we've actually. Um, in different times played on nearly every other position in the team and she's adaptable to do that so she's a she's a the, the typical modern day player she possesses all those kind of qualities in the sense that she's flexible positionally that she um, has got good pace she's got good mobility she's comfortable on the ball um, and, and she brings in a really a very very overall fit player who can play at a high intensity so she she brings all those qualities, and if she can do that again this season, then um, then I think we'll see hopefully the same kind of performances and outcomes from her. We are talking to head coach of Orlando Pride, Tom Sermani, here on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Coach, I have a broader question for you. What's the biggest difference for you from coaching a national team to coaching a club team? Um, the biggest difference is that the the planning in a sense and uh, uh, the difference between week to week and and preparation for tournaments. So so you know in the in a in a league job you're virtually you know you're working every day and you, you're you're aiming for the game this Saturday. So a game finishes, you're immediately on the next game and and so you you're doing that. So it's it's not shorter planning, but it's shorter term thinking in a, in a lot of senses because you're really just looking one game ahead. When you when you've got a national team program, you're looking ahead at tournaments. So, you know, if I was still the US or the Australian national team coach now, my mind would be on uh, France in 2019. Well, be on the qualifiers first, but then on France 2019, and you're making judgments on players that you think will be or alternatively won't be around at that time. So, for instance, if you've got a very senior, experienced player who's kind of reaching at the end of their career. And you think by 2019 they're not going to be there. You're sort of making decisions now to say, look, I can't afford to carry that player on because I need to get give her replacement time to get settled in and play international soccer before we go into France 19. So it's that that slight difference in in planning and thought process when you're when you're selecting and, and looking ahead at games. What do you make of the U.S. Women's National Team right now? Obviously, you served as, as coach for a while, and then there was everything that happened with the World Cup, and then, of course, with the, some might say, the crash out of the Olympics as well, too. But um, how would you diagnose the state of the women's national team here in the United States I, right I, now? I, I, think, I think it's an, a, a healthy state. You know, I think what Jill's done well is, you know, I started or attempted to start um, the process of, of to a degree, change because it had reached that stage in the team. Uh, you know, bringing players like Crystal Dunn, Morgan Bryan, uh, Sam Lewis, etc., into the, the national team uh, during my time there, and I think Jill has kind of continued that process, and and I think she's now, which is great, being being given the time and the mandate to continue that change. I didn't quite get given the time or the mandate to to do that, but so I think Jill's done a um, a terrific job in in actually continuing refreshing that change, and I think. The other important thing that's happened is that the, now the NWSL is, you know, has had four or five years to grow. It's given, it's given players 
um, the opportunity to develop. So when I had a job initially, the league had just started. Um, so what happened is outside the national team pool, there were, you had to make decisions on players when they came out of college or they just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Now what we've had after five years of NWSL, we've now, or four, you've been into five years of NWSL, you have players like Lynn Williams, for example, a great example, and, and Kristen Edmonds, a great example who wouldn't even be on the national team radar, wouldn't even have existed. But because we've had a professional league established now, it's given players opportunities to actually develop and show that they're good enough to get the national team. And that's given the national team a much healthier competition base. Um, and I think that bodes well for the future of the team. All right, completely shifting gears here, Tom. You're from Scotland. Uh, The heritage on my father's side is Scotland, and I know you'll appreciate this. My father's. I knew you had some good points. I knew you had some good (laughs) points. I was like, I knew I liked you. Not much, much, but some. Right. Uh, You'll you'll appreciate this. My father's name is Dave Provan. So it's it's not the Dave Provan you played against, of course, uh, the famous footballer from Scotland. Um, No. But but I I, I do want to find where I'm related to him because I. I gotta believe we are somehow or another. <laughs> One of my dreams, though, is, is to get over to Scotland and, and travel around there. I gotta ask you, what what are your suggestions for this American who has Scottish roots? Where, where should I go when I'm over there? Where should go? Well, I mean, the, the great thing about Scotland is you can go to most of it in a very short period of time. Um, so you have to. I'm from Glasgow, so I'm a bit biased, but Edinburgh is a better tourist city. I can't say that in public, obviously, or I can't go back home to Glasgow. Um, <laughs> but if you You've got to have a drive up through the Highlands. Um, I kind of am more of a West Coast than an East Coast guy. So you drive up and there's the Isle of Skye, there's Malague, there's Oban. Then you drive up through Fort William to Ben Nevis, Glencoe, up to Inverness, and then back down through the centre of the uh, the country. That's that's my suggested recommendations, and you'll see, you know, a whole lot of different different things. Probably a lot of rain as well, um, but. Uh, that that that's what I would do, and you can do that in a couple of days. Well, I, I'm a little disappointed you didn't throw in Pro Van Hawks. I know that's somewhere <laughs> in Scotland, but I got to tell you, if if, yeah. the, if there is life after soccer for you, we will give the Scottish Tourism Council a, a call and and get you as their spokesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could do that. The, the, the trouble with that is that mean they ending up going back there, and I don't think that would be down too well with my wife. <laughs> Fair Got to keep the wife happy. I appreciate it. Well, Tom, we had a blast with you. We appreciate you taking time on the show today, and we uh, we hope to do this again with you soon in the coming weeks. All right. Okay, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the call. Thank you. There goes Tom Sermani of the Orlando Pride on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. We're going to head to our final break. When we come back, we're going to break down the U.S. men's national team taking on Serbia and a couple other random soccer things to close out the program. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Back with more right after this.
Welcome back to the Attention Area Media Studios. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Good little chat there at the uh, the end of the segment there. You're going back to the Scottish roots. Are you sure your father wasn't the famous footballer uh, Tom Schermatti played it, against? Yeah, I'm, I'm positive, but it really is interesting because up until my oldest brother was born, there was a tradition in the Provan family, in our Provan family, mm. to name the firstborn Dave. Really? Yeah. So, uh, would you have named your if you had a son? Would you have named him Dave? Out of curiosity? No. No, no because my my father and mother broke that tradition by naming my oldest brother uh, Steve. Ah, Steve. Come um, on. <laughs> kind of a Scottish name is Steve. <laughs> and I, I I know there's I know there's some reasons for it. And obviously, I won't get it on, on air. Get into it on air. But <laughs> trying uh, to get you in trouble. But but no, I'm actually I'm very proud of my Scottish roots. And um, boy, it'd be nice to see Scotland back in the World Cup at some point here <laughs> that'd be fun uh but i really do i you know sarah and i are actually talking about we we both turned 40 this year and we're, we're talking about doing the vegas thing or do we try to save up money actually go to scotland, go to scotland. why be not great to go out there that would be a fantastic you but should. there really is a provan hall in I f- I in glasgow I, and it was it was built in the i believe the 15th century or 16th century um, so that, it is one of my dreams, man. I want to get over there and check it all out. I don't blame you. I, I've been to, to England, Ireland, and Wales before, and that was an unreal experience too. I've never. I, I want to go to Italy. I mean, that's my heritage, sure, obviously, yeah. but never, never been to Italy yet. That's, my wife wants to go though, so we're hoping, hoping to get there at some point. We'll leave the baby for a weekend and go. I don't, or maybe not. We'll go when he's <laughs> just older. put the food out. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You can breastfeed yourself anyway. All right, Simon. The U.S. Uh, takes on Serbia on Sunday at Qualcomm Stadium. Uh, in a football stadium <coughs> uh, on ESPN2, on Unimas and UDN. Uh, and I should have followed Eastern. my instincts. It is in San Diego. That's what I said the first San time. San Diego. The anyway. former home to the San Diego Chargers before they become the Los Angeles Chargers or whatever they become. Man, LA Dodgers and LA Chargers. That's just, those names are too close to each other. Right? Got to figure Dodgers it out. and Chargers. And anyway, uh, so what, what are we thinking out of this game, Simon? I mean, we know that it's a MLS full squad of U.S. men's national team players. Bruce Arena, it's his first time back on the big stage as yep. well, too. But uh, what, what are you looking for in this game? Well, I, you know, I'm looking to see how these MLS players do. But also with Serbia, you know, they're in the Euros. They're doing well, or Euro- European qualifying. Uh, they're doing well, and word is they're bringing only about eight of their top guns with them. So this is the similar approach to them is it looks like what they want to do is bleed a lot of their young guys, get them some playing time. You know, in case some of these starters go down, these, sure. these players have experience then at the international level. So I had predicted a draw before. I'm going to go with that. Uh, I am excited to see Benny Failhaber back in the middle, see if he gets a, a good load of minutes. Uh, interested to see um, uh, who was the other player that defensively had let me go back and look at the roster. But I, I am excited to see all these MLS players in there. Some of these guys who thought they had no shot anymore whatsoever at the yeah. U.S. national team. Like, I'm done. I'm washed yeah. up. Uh, Phil Haber being one of those. So, uh, But a number of these guys have been called back. Oh, Susie. I, I'm interested Graham. to see how Graham Susie yes. does in the back there. Um, so those those are the two big things I'm looking for, Baxter. Sure, I would agree with you on that one. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see... Uh, I really want to see Kikuta Mane play. I really do. I- I'm excited to see him on this team. I think he's... If he, he was sent back home. What? Yeah, he was sent back to Vancouver. It doesn't look like they got uh, clearance oh, from FIFA paperwork? just in time Son for this. Yep, so he's uh, so he won't be there. He's He's training... With Vancouver out in Wales right now. I promise I pay attention to things going on. I must have missed that, honestly. Sad. Well, aside from that, um, looking at the U.S. men's national team roster, I'd like Juan Agudelo to actually do something. That'd be fantastic. Funny fact, now, um, you know, it just 
Juan Agudelo, I think, has is, is got a lot of people's eyes on him, honestly. Brian Dunseth talked about this when he was on the show last week. He's like, you're pulling for a guy like Juan Agudelo. You want him to do well. He's got everything that can really be that next generation of Josie Altidore, but will he actually do it? That's the real question. Yeah, we've just had so many players with potential that seem to fizzle out at the international level. It'd be nice to see another player actually come through, and Juan Agudelo definitely has the ability to do that. You know, he's he's great on the ball. He's True, very yeah. skillful, but it's just odd how he disappears from the picture every once in a while. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you on that one. Um, fun fact, just from from me to you. Um, wait, did this change now? Maybe probably, did. probably did. I'm sure. I, I don't know. I'm at. trying to find you a flight to Scotland. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see here where this I thought I had it going out of Chicago maybe it changed um, ORD is not Chicago right or is that that's or- Orlando Orlando why? no wonder the price dropped I was like what the <laughs> heck I don't know why it switched to Orlando so, so you're having me drive from Milwaukee go to Orlando, to Orlando. it's only 500 bucks if you fly from Orlando no I found one out of Chicago for like 780 but that's if you wanted to leave tomorrow basically fun fact oh okay okay so if you want to just yeah. jump on a plane and go to scotland there you go uh yeah i think my employer might be a little yeah, little upset be with like me. my heritage calls me i am interested baxter though to, to see who also is in goal i, yeah. I, got, I gotta believe david bingham's gonna get the start in one game luis robles perhaps gets the start in the other yeah um i think brian rowe is there again just as a, a fill-in for Stephen sure. fry nick Romando, we know what he can do at the international level yeah and i'm actually i I think the only reason he may have been called is for him to be that leader of this MLS group of goalkeepers, exactly. but like, we know right, what he can do at the international level. So that was that was one of those mind-boggling picks for me. Same thing with Chris Wondolowski. Why is he still getting called up? I agree. No, I completely agree with you on that one. Looking at this roster, too, I mean, really, you can run down the list. It's like, I want to see what Taylor Kemp can do. I want to see what Chad Marshall can do, Keegan Rosenberry. Uh, I'd like to know what Sebastian, Sebastian Legit, yep. Dax McCarty, Darlington Nagby, Chris Pontius, Will Trap, all those guys really. I just I want them I want them all to try to get minutes at some point if we can so we can be like Okay, we know kind of at least what we're dealing with. Well, and we we should see some cohesion with these guys. They've been in camp now for a couple of weeks with Bruce Arena, so I, I got to imagine by this point Bruce does know who he's starting. Uh, maybe he's not going to tell everybody, but he does yeah. know who he's starting. And uh, I think we will see more of that old school counterattacking play from the U.S. I'd be surprised to see him come out and, and go all guns a blazing. Uh, but again, this is a this is a younger Serbian national team as well. Uh, this True. is. Officially their first meeting, of course, FIFA looks at Serbia as uh, a continuation of the Yugoslavian national team. Sure, um, yeah. Who the U.S. has played. I know at least one World Cup, maybe two of them. But uh, I, think they ha- I think World Cup in 54. No, it can't be 54. They, the last World Cup they played in was 50. So I think one of those early ones, they lost 9-1 to or something like that to Yugoslavia. But then they lost again in the 1998 World Cup to Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways... Anyways, just throwing a little history out there. Please, I appreciate it. It'll be it. interesting to see how a young Serbian team plays against, uh, you know, a young U.S. I national agree. team. All right, um, we can kind of incorporate this, I guess, into this segment here. I'm going to use my I Believe on the game as a prediction. I don't know if you wanted to do yours as well, too, or if you have something else. But it's our I Believe segment where we talk about uh, or we state something we believe will take place in the soccer world. I will use my I believe to say I believe the United States wins this game 2-1, uh, to one, in my opinion. Well, I already mentioned earlier that I still think that it's going to be a draw. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with a different I believe, Please. just a little bit more of a news topic. I believe that Giles Barnes will no longer be with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Rumors are he's heading over to Blackburn, yeah. uh, reuniting with Owen Coyle, who loved him down in Houston. Uh, Barnes 
I, you know, he was on the books with Vancouver for $750,000, apparently. And I would say he's the type of player that if you can get off your books, get him off your books. Yeah. Very skillful player, but just doesn't, doesn't seem, doesn't he seem to have the whole package. He made that transfer, didn't he? I think last year from Houston to Vancouver. I believe I you're that's correct. It's like a mid-season You know, and, I, and, I, and I'm getting that figure, by the way, just off of some talking boards. So it could be, you know, there's probably listeners out there going, what? He's no. not making that much money. 50 maybe, grand. Right. Maybe, no. maybe, you know, but even if he's making $300,000, yeah. I just I don't think he's worth the money. He had that great run-up with Jamaica in the Gold Cup. Yeah, But then he, he just great. seemed to fizzle out after that. So. so if he can get on a championship team over in England, more power to him. No kidding. Absolutely. All right, well, we've had a fantastic show. Special thanks to both of our guests joining us on the show. ShopFutsal.com line, uh, Boston Breakers head coach Matt Beard and Orlando Pride head coach Tom Sermani. It was great to hear from both of them and get insights into their upcoming NWSL seasons. Reminder, go check out our website, the number 2-2UpfrontSoccer.com to find past episodes. You can also go and find the show on demand by going to Spreaker.com, iHeartRadio, uh, the Sports Podcasting Network, and many other places as well. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, 2UpfrontSoccer. You can find us on Twitter, 2UpfrontSoccer. Use that number 2 He's at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. Simon Provan, any fun plans for the weekend, sir? Fun plans for the weekend. Uh, going ice skating tonight with, oh, my, with my youngest daughter great. for a Girl Scout outing. Coaching all day again tomorrow with, uh, with the club that I coach with, doing some futsal coaching. I coached 11 futsal games last Saturday, Baxter. 11 hours of coaching. That oh, was crazy. Good, good on you stuff, for that. Though. Oh, I bet. I'm sure it's fun to... And you've been very complimentary of futsal in the past as yeah, well, too. So, yeah. so that's, that's pretty much my weekend is all full of soccer right now. Sounds good. Well, we will give you guys uh, an update on our schedule for next week, uh, so stay tuned to our social media pages as well. And you can always drop us an email as well, to upfrontsoccer at gmail.com. For Simon Provan, I'm Baxter Colburn, with our manager being the one above we are two up front me 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 but also you <laughs> the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.